This is a Culture Inject production. The Nevers Podcast presents In Conversation With. Welcome back to In Conversation With, presented by The Nevers Podcast. I'm Laura, and today I'll be speaking with actress Dominique Fogali. Dominique is an actor from Lincolnshire, England. She trained at the Arts Educational Schools London with BA Honours in acting. Dominique has roles in the 2009 short Wednesday's Child, Knights of the Damned and Married with Secrets. She also appears in the 2018 biography drama The Maestro and 2019's comedy My Best Friend's Famous. Dominique can currently be seen in The Nevers as Beth Cassini, the unfortunate shop assistant who finds herself on the wrong side of a scalpel. In addition to acting, Dominique dedicates her time to volunteering as an ambassador for the Princess Diana Award Against Bullying and raising money for the Leukemia Foundation. Welcome to the show, Dominique, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. So I guess we'll start by asking, you know, was acting something that you were always interested in pursuing? Yeah, from the very, as far back as I can remember, I just love telling stories. And that's the thing that I enjoy most about my job is that I can tell so many different stories. Yeah, I just, I was, I just love reading as a kid as well. Like I always was reading all the time and um I got picked on a lot for that um like people used to call me a geek all the time and a bookworm but I am the biggest advocate for reading I think it's great if people especially kids have a passion for reading yeah and then I I I did a drama outside of school and went to theater classes as a child um and uh, I was I was very discouraged to take acting as a serious career, though, um, by teachers growing up. I remember sitting down in one of my uh, head teacher's office once and they were like, I think you should change your choice of what you want to do. And I was just this kid who was like, nope, not listening to you. Uh, and I want to I know what I want to do. And I know it's one of the hardest career paths uh, there is. I know a lot of them are, but it's because there's no really stability to begin with and a lot of rejection but I just I just wanted it so bad and I was involved with a anti-bullying and gun crime awareness film when I was 13 and that shot in my local area of Lincolnshire and I was I was bullied quite a lot growing up um because of how I looked of like me being into reading and everything and um as soon as this opportunity came up for me to be in this film, I took it straight away. And uh, from then I was nominated for the Diana Award, which is a charity set up in memory of Princess Diana and the belief that young people can change the world into something really positive. And I won the award when I was 13 and I've become an ambassador and um, advocate for them ever since, giving public speeches at schools and businesses about the importance of anti-bullying and online awareness and uh, body image positive body image um so yeah I think going with acting I want to be able to use that as a platform as well to um highlight really important causes I care about wow <laughs> that was probably a very long answer for you but no um, you've done you've done it's just uh nice to see like you say how you've done so much through acting and I think that's one of the things that um especially teachers and maybe parents don't always get is that even if acting is your passion, if you go down that route, there's so much you can learn that it can lead to such a multitude of jobs. But I think yeah. 
yeah, people just think you want to be famous or you want to do this, whatever, but there's so much that you can do within the realm of acting. Yeah, no, there's so much. I mean, it it makes you, I, I really think people should go for like art, acting classes or, you know, ask around um, actors and what, you know, you can learn from that uh, career because we go through a lot. There's a lot of rejection, which makes you stronger and you you learn to understand that um, throughout your life, you come across rejection every single way, like socially, career-wise, everything. So it makes you um, a stronger person and have that confidence to just keep going. Um, yeah. yeah. So I think we kind of covered this just now, but how did you get your start in acting? So was the, you always felt like storytelling, that's something that you wanted to do. Was it that first short film that was like, this is this is it kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, 13 is such a young age, but I remember being on the set there and uh, thinking, taking it very professionally, just being like, this is what I want to do. This is my this is my dream. I've got to give put the work in. And I even remember having the audition for the Nevers. My mum helped me a lot, like running the lines and um, being patient with me. And she said to me, she was like, oh, that's a lot. This is a lot of work because I had to translate. I'm sure we'll get into it, but I had to translate the sides into Italian and English and then do both of them with the accent on top and uh, my mum was like, oh this is a lot of work and I was like yeah but it's a job like it's, it's a job to me I've got to put the work in and that's how I approach like every audition really. Um, do you remember what your first major acting job was was it on stage or television or what would you deem like your first big big thing? Yeah, I think I think it was um, stage uh, for uh, the Winter's Tale by Shakespeare um, in Stamford with the Stamford Shakespeare Company. It was an open air theatre. I was 15, 15, 16. Um, yeah, and I, I love stage and I love Shakespeare. I love Greek mythology. Um, I just think it's something I just think it's something that people kind of overlook. They tend to think it can be boring. But like, again, I said, like, I'm, I'm such a geek. So uh, that was definitely my first experience of, um, you know, uh, being in front of a lot of people. And uh, that doesn't really dawn, that doesn't really, um, I don't really take it in. It doesn't really um, worry me that there are a lot of people out there. I know a lot of people saying, oh, how do you do that? How do you get up and film? Or how do you get up and perform in front of people? It's not me. I, you know, I mean, it's me, but I'm, I'm as a character. So I don't mind performing in front of thousands because it's not actually me whereas if sometimes I have like a one-on-one interview I get weirded out I don't I'm like no I don't like talking about myself and I don't like watching myself I I find it very odd because um I guess it's like vulnerable state isn't it but um yeah when people talk about me about my work I'm like oh this is weird (laughs) so talking of things that might make you vulnerable or kind of um out of your depths you moved from London to Los Angeles when you were 21 what was that like I did um I moved there yeah because I had the opportunity for a couple of tv shows um because I've got an American passport as well it makes it a little bit easier to work out there I didn't know anyone my cousin was out there but he is in tv as well um but very he works in more reality television so I didn't really know anyone. Uh, I moved out there, took a chance and lived with um, a wonderful girl called Callie. Um, she is a little bit older and she opened up my eyes really to and helped me. And she was a really big support system because LA can be such a lonely place. 
um it, it taught me a lot about myself what I why will stand for what I won't stand for and it really opened up my eyes to the industry as well um yeah I I just I I, I always encourage everyone to go to LA I think LA have, seems a lot of people it's the be all and end all of the world you know that's where a lot of tv and films are made but because there's so many other places now in the world that are up and coming um you don't even have to be in a huge city to make great material either you know you could just get up you get an iphone and shoot something with your friends if you really want to um and it could it could lead to a lot more paths as well instead of just going to la you know the be all and end all of hollywood you know so and uh, then what was it like being cast in a high-profile show like uh, The Nevers on a major network like HBO? Yeah, uh, it didn't really sink in. When I did the audition, I, I got a call from my agent and he said, oh, um, Nina Gold's office wants to bring you in for this character. And I was like, oh, God. Because I know, you know, Nina Gold's office is like huge. And I was like, oh, dear Lord. And uh, they're like, oh, just one thing. Like it's, you know, the character's Italian. I was like, oh, God, adding another level. Um, I was just, yeah, I don't really remember being nervous. I was excited. I just, like I said earlier, I just tried it as a job. And then I just forgot about it after I had the second audition. Um, I remember they said, oh, we're going to send your tapes to um, the team. Uh, with the nevers and they'll they'll make the decision if they want to bring you in anymore or not and I was like okay I have to forget about it now because you know it's it's you just have to forget about these things and then about a few days later I got the call from my agent saying oh you've been cast and I was like what what and they're like yeah you've been cast and I was like oh my goodness and I didn't but the thing is we didn't I think a lot of the cast have said they didn't really know a lot about it so we didn't know how big it was going to be I was just so excited. I was just, I was so, so excited. I remember my first day, January 16th, um, we shot the very first opening of episode two. So where Beth and Rosa walk into the um, store and uh, Angela, the uh, actress who plays Rosa, uh, me and her were just inseparable um, because it was just, it was just so overwhelming how many people, the crew there are, phenomenal the crew on the nevers are phenomenal and it, there's so many people involved like there's hundreds of people but everyone's going to their right job their right path and no one gets in the way of each other it's just it's it's remarkable to see yeah it was just it, honestly there was just no words to describe how excited we were and just taking everything in and the sets are beautiful like the costume the props everything is so fine detailed. Like I was looking at some of the props whilst I was waiting for my scenes and like all the perfumes had names on like descriptions. And it's just, um, there's a lot of work that goes into it that hopefully everyone enjoyed. Yeah. Yeah. I think definitely a lot of people could find it easy to overlook just how much detail goes into uh, productions like this. Yeah. Yeah. But I bet that was interesting. Yeah. To be there and being able to see all up close. (laughs) Um, I think you've already touched on this already a little bit. You said that you was like rehearsing the accent and everything with your mum, but how did how did you prepare for for your role in the Nevers? Um, well, my my uh, I'm I'm Italian. My my father's side are Italian, and um, the so I just I spoke to my dad a lot. I spoke to my cousins a lot who were um, living in Italy. Um, we're from Calabria originally. 
and I just went over it and over it and over it and I think what's very rare for me um was that this opportunity to play Beth was um quite close to my heart because Beth uh, she comes from Italy she's an immigrant she feels lost no one's really taking her in um she's experienced a lot of hatred a because she's um an immigrant and b she's part of the touch but my grandparents were immigrants to England um and they experienced a lot of hatred and just looked down upon because they were lower class um compared to the English at the time so I I spoke to my grandma and I spoke to my nonna um my grandfather unfortunately passed away just a few months before but I spoke to my nonna about it and her experiences um so I feel like I got a very rare insight into that world almost um and I remember speaking to the team they said that Beth was not really supposed to be like I was I was given Beth but in their minds originally I was not um the perfect Beth um she was not meant to really look like me but um they said that there was like a strongness in me that came across in the audition um which is quite funny because Beth you think she's quite weak really but apparently there was something in her that I and I really like that fact that there's there's something in Beth that you think she's weak you think she's looked down upon but there's actually something in her that is wanting to show more that's really nice that you share really close connection and also that like you said the casting directors or or whoever weren't necessarily looking for that but they found something in you so that's really nice to know that you know you brought something that that nobody else brought to the table were there any particular challenges I think you've gone quite into depth there already but um was there any particular challenges in playing Beth Cassini I uh, she's quite opposite to me um in a, in a way that I I'm quite outspoken you know if someone's very rude to me I will I'm not rude I'm not a rude person I promise you I'm really not rude but um if someone you know someone yelled at me and was like you know go back to Italy or something I'd be like excuse me that that's me normally whereas Beth is quite she keeps to herself she's quiet and uh I I, I wanted to be the cheeky um, you know, I wanted to laugh and giggle more with Rosa and I wanted to have that little, you know, like more show more of that. But with Beth, she's got she's got the secret. And at the end of the day, that's that's something you have to respect as playing a character. You're, you're not you. You just have to bring aspects of you to a character. Yeah. So I think that was the, the biggest thing. It's just to remember that there's something way above you that you have to um, remember that they didn't have women didn't have as much freedom back then. Um, I guess I've touched on immigrants and have that much freedom. The touch didn't have them as much freedom. So you've got like all these layers on top of you um, to remember and uh, respect that time because it's not it's not modern day. You just have to remember that you're years, years ago. Um, switching gears just a little bit. Uh, so you mentioned uh, that you volunteer your efforts, uh, efforts as an ambassador for the Diana Award against bullying and also MQ mental health organisations. So can you tell us a little bit more about that? You know, when did you start working with these charities and why they're so important to you? Yeah. So when I got back from L.A., it was 20, 2018, 2019, 2018, I believe, I befriended um another actress out there and it's very rare to find genuine connections with people especially um in the industry out there because it's so fast-paced 
And I met this wonderful actress um, and we became really good friends. And uh, after a couple of months, I didn't hear from her anymore. And it was it was really rare not to hear from her. Um, I, I found out actually through um, the airing of the film we were working on, The, the Maestro, that um, she passed away. Um, she decided to take her life um, uh, because she was struggling with mental health issues. And I had no idea. Um, it turns out a lot of people didn't have any idea about that. So I got back to England and I just realized I wanted to understand more. I wanted to understand individuals who were struggling with um, inner thoughts that they didn't express to people a lot. Um, and I found MQ Mental Health, who they're a mental health um, charity, but they what makes them extremely different is that they want to find, they're researching into mental health. They're, they're looking into aspects about it. Um, that we probably would overlook and trying to you know hopefully maybe one day prevent any mental health issues and I really like that ethos um so I just I reached out to them you know said my story they tell me about them and we just clicked and hit it off and I think that's why I just knew I wanted to work with them and the Diana Award has grown from strength to strength and they have a 24-hour helpline now not just for young people, if you just feel like you need help, you can text them and someone will be there to help you. And uh, yeah, it's my biggest, um, how I like to say to people is that you're never a burden to anyone. And I think a lot of people feel like they are a burden if they express fears or show a weaker side and no one's weak. It's just, you're, you're actually very strong to express if you're struggling. Um, And I think not a lot of people do that. I mean, it's getting better but it still still can go more. It could go further. Um, so you're never a burden to anyone. Always express how you feel to someone you trust, loved ones, friends, family, teachers, parents, or even an anonymous helpline because there's always someone there to help. And I think that's the uh, biggest thing I want to make sure people take on board, really. So would you say um, in terms of where people can find out like more about these yeah, organizations they, yeah they can um they can google the diana award um there's always someone there's a um email there's the helpline number um and you can also email um we'll get in touch with mq mental health and um, they can direct you in the they can put you in the right direction as well um but they're my i'm sure you know, there's there's many more there's mind as well um, but they're the ones i've worked with the most i'm sorry to hear about your friend uh, that that's quite an issue in itself of that mental health for the people that are suffering for a platitude of reasons mm-hmm. obviously for people such as yourself that have gone through something like that with someone they know who suffered with mental health is yeah. I guess important for them to know that they have people to reach out to as well yeah of course it it is it's 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 really unfortunate it happened but what did happen is kind of spurred me on more to help more individuals which I know she would want so you know I'm 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 trying to do as much as I can with the people I can and it goes back to why I want to do acting I want to be able to use this voice to be able to help other people fantastic it's nice to hear that you're doing so much as well you're so young as well so it's um (laughs) oh I don't know (laughs) (laughs) So um, in 2019, you were awarded the title of Deputy Miss England in the Miss World <laughs> organisation. Um, yes. You said that you would never, you never thought that you would have ever entered a pageant. So what decided you to to enter Miss World? 
Um, I think it's again what I stood for. Um, really, I, I never thought about entering a pageant, and I, I was definitely one of those people. I'll admit it that just thought, you know, just girls walking around in heels. Honestly, I did. I, I did think that, um, and I think a lot of people think that. But I, you know, experienced the bullying. I experienced just a lot of different aspects um, in my past, and I did some research. One of my friends actually said to me, "Look, you should you should look into this," and I was like. Oh, she was like, just please look into it. It might be something you you are interested in because they've changed a lot of things about it. So I was like, all right, fine. So I looked into it and they got rid of the um bikini round. Um there was a lot more work, a lot more um work on what you have to say as an individual instead of how you look. And I really loved that. And if there was still the bikini round in, I wouldn't have entered. Um, because I don't. I don't like that. Um, so uh, yeah, I looked into it and I realized there was a lot more work that goes into it than you actually think. Um, and honestly, it was one of the most stressful things I've ever done in my life. <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, I, I again, I used the platform because I was able to talk a lot about what I, what I was passionate about and what I want to do with my life. Um, I spoke about the Darren Award. I spoke about MQ Mental Health. I spoke about the importance of educating young people. Um, and I spoke about leukemia care charities because my father was diagnosed with leukemia when I was very young and uh, he was only given a few years to live. But because of the great efforts of Nottingham City Hospital, the nurses, the doctors, the medical staff, um, he was offered a trial drug and it successfully um, worked with his body. Uh, so he's he's well today. You know, he, I'm seeing him later. Um, it, I understand, though, that not a lot of people have been as fortunate. So that's why my family and I continue to raise money for leukemia charities, because we want to help those who haven't been as fortunate and we want to be able to contribute to something. Just another platform for you to spread. No, just all keep your adding them on. I love adding <laughs> platforms. <laughs> well, here's another one. I'm hoping that all of it, this will all be very valuable to all of our listeners. Um, another endeavor of yours. So, you're an executive producer of DBK Studios. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Yeah, I'm not laughing at that. I'm just laughing at the platforms thing because <laughs> I've just realized, yeah, I honestly, it's some, I always say this I wish there was like a hundred me's. That I could just go and like set free and they just do everything. Um, so I, uh, yes, I uh, became um, good friends with Kobe Adam, who is a director and writer, fantastic director and writer. He um, wrote and directed a short called Haircut. Um, and he's also just directed one of the latest episodes of Top Boy. Um, and he's out in Cape Town at the minute directing and the next season of Noughts and Crosses for the BBC, um, we became very close friends. And he became kind of like a ment mentor to me uh, because I do hope to go into directing as well one day. And um, he he had this idea for a production company that is celebrating and highlighting the efforts of um, young minority um, individuals who have stories to say that haven't been represented or haven't had the um, opportunity to show their talents and I loved that I loved that idea that aspect so I was just like no I have to be involved please like let me be involved and he was like yeah absolutely because um I am very organized I'm like it's it's quite um, scary how much I love a folder and love notes <laughs> um I do love a folder and uh yeah so I became involved with um 
DBK Studios and we're working with Sky at the minute um, who were collaborating together to produce uh, five short films with five incredible writers and upcoming um, talent um, who are all telling personal stories that no one else could really tell apart from them. They're all from unrepresented backgrounds and it, it's just, it's going to be, it, we're, we're hoping to release it um, in time for Black History Month on Sky Arts. And I, it's just incredible for me because I, I was part of this uh, group that started, you know, it, it's rare for a woman um, to have the opportunity to make so many decisions and be involved with film like in, in that way um and I love the fact that Kobe gave me that opportunity but I also made sure that we brought on a lot of female talent as well um and there's a lot of there's a lot of females now in the crew in the cast um the talent themselves it's four out of four four women one's um a guy um and I'm so proud to be able to share what we're doing with so many strong talented women who um are making a difference really and I think that's the thing with the Nevers as well that I love that there's so many it's very female influenced as well as female writers female producers female showrunner now um it's exciting it is exciting it's very yeah. good to see <laughs> <laughs> um and as we're circling back to the Nevers do you have any fond memories of filming on the show you mentioned earlier that your co-star that you became very close friends um but what what other fond memories do you have <laughs> uh Beth's little outfit is uh I always find it very funny I love a little bow um I don't know where that bow's gone I actually really want the bow yeah and everyone kept saying oh you know you look so cute in it and I'm like but I want to look cute <laughs> like, <laughs> Beth looks adorable but I I love getting like I love the, the whole dirt scene like getting dirty being in the Galanthi and the caves and um working with Dennis I have been such an admirer of Dennis's work for years so when I found out I was working with him I was just like this is amazing this is this is a dream come true because I genuinely have always said I want to work with him one day and he is such a talented actor and a generous actor as well and uh well it's just rare to be able to walk on set and uh get along with everyone um everyone is there because they love the project everyone is there because they care about this they believe in it and I think that's that's something really special but one of my favorite things is either definitely working with Dennis but um being able to be like dirty and not really care what you look like I love that I love it when I can get a character and just be like I don't care I don't really look you know that great right now but that's fine yeah because I've never played anything like that and obviously the fact that Beth has a power is very cool yeah, and a lot of people have said that's one of their favourite powers, which I'm like, that's great. I will take that. So, yeah. It's pretty, pretty cool power. I mean, you made, <laughs> you made a big bear float. That was pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I know. That bear's still on set. Like, I feel like if I say, can I have the bear? It's kind of pushing it. So uh, maybe, maybe we'll see. <laughs> I think I saw a video actually online of you being dirty, up yeah I think I saw you yeah post that. yeah 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 yeah, yeah. It's, <laughs> so it took, a, uh, took a while did it <laughs> it does it really does like Christine and her team work magic um but yeah I I'm also not wearing a corset in those scenes whereas every other scenes I've been wearing corsets and all the other lovely ladies they're wearing corsets so it's quite nice to be able to like breathe and like have lunch and just like 
it's fine I won't feel anything <laughs> just like don't tell anyone everyone's like oh I'm so uncomfortable with my corset and you're just like oh, I know oh, I won't mention that I feel totally fine <laughs> I know it's so open it's fine so as of this recording, the last time we saw Beth was in her zombie-like state after being experimented mm-hmm. on um, by Dr. Haig. Uh, we've seen in the fifth episode, we see briefly that you've still got your powers. And then yeah. in the last episode, helping uh, Amalia escape. So are there mm-hmm. any plans for your character to pop back up? I mean, I'm, I'm, <laughs> we're completely in the dark as it stands with like anything mm. that's happening past this point. Mm. And you're probably, if there is plans for you to pop back up, you're probably not allowed to say anything. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll, you'll see, you'll see. I can't, I can't say much, but uh, yeah, poor Beth. I know, I know, bless her. She hasn't really had the opportunity to show her full extent of her powers yet. I think um but you will see <laughs> let's just put it that way yeah I think yeah. it'd be interesting because obviously like the chances of you being able to still use the powers after being experimented on and everything it will be uh will be very cool to see you know yeah su- no superhero I, I, yeah. Beth <laughs> superhero Beth give her a chance I know um yeah she her powers are definitely well as you've seen her powers are definitely coming back um to her um I think it was like the third or fourth I think the fourth episode you could see the galanti was starting to break almost and uh you could you could see that people were getting affected by it so Beth was definitely getting affected by it um yeah and the fact that she'll be able to help Amalia was a huge huge thing um and I think a lot of people just thought Beth was a write-off actually um after the second episode I mean I did it first as well um but yeah she keeps popping up she keeps coming so uh yeah 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 don't, I don't think you should really overlook her not yet um so we already interviewed uh George Dawson who plays Dr Hayes yeah. assistant on the show um he shared that he had some great chats with Dennis while on set your character doesn't spend that much time with Dr Haig but how is it working with Dennis you've already mentioned that he was amazing basically <laughs> George George and Dennis were great um yeah George George was a lot of fun to be around. Um, Dennis, yeah, Dennis, he he has this, um, he's very, you know, when he's on set, he's on set. He's in his character, he's concentrating. And it was it's always interesting to pe- see people's methods, how they get into the character, how they're, you know, making sure they're around their surroundings. He listens. He, you know, he wants to make sure that he delivers the performance that the director is after. Um, and when you have someone like that who you're working with, um, you want to do just just as well. So um, I think that energy just bounces. You have that energy that bounces off each other. It's it's it really is as basic as just listening and reacting. And I know that's like the most basic term in the acting classes. You know, listening and reacting. But it's like anything. If you're in like real life, you just have to listen and react. Yeah, George, Angela, and Dennis, who I work with the most. Um, yeah, great, great people who have like great energies to bring to the scene and really contribute to it. Um, so we've got a question now. Um, one of our listeners has a question for you. Uh, it's from Berza, who asks, um, considering the fate of your character, do you see the Galanthi as a liberator and ally? to the downtrodden or is it irresponsible in the way it marks people for persecution because obviously right 
we're in this and in the podcast as well we're kind of in this thing of are the galanthi really helping or right. have they got ulterior like motives um for me i think they're helping and this is the only way at the minute they know how is to give people some superpowers but it has unfortunately obviously marked them and they're being persecuted by by society so yeah i i definitely believe it's it's that thing of the human race getting involved with things um of nature that they then react to you know it's like if you try to control an animal you try to control a human you they're they're going to backlash about it of course they will and learning more about the galanthi it's i i feel like they're there to help they are there to help the human race but again you know as a as humans we have that um idea of that mentality that we are the be all and end all and we know what's best for us and you know sometimes we do but we tend to screw up things as well we have done you know just have a look at our environment have a look at our earth right now there's so much more things we could be doing to help her um and this is exactly the thing with the glanthi it's it's a rare thing that's happened to give us that opportunity to be able to live better whereas we're like no we're going to ruin it you know, we don't understand it. We're not taking the time to understand it. And the individuals who have become victims of those people who want to study the Galanthi and study what they are and taint them almost, it, it's just, they've just become victims of that. It's not victims of the Galanthi. It's just, it's become victims of people thinking they know what's better for everyone else. Um, and that's what's happened to Beth. That's what's happened to all the other individuals down there. And even even Dr. Haig, he's he's someone who wants to understand the, you know, he's trying to understand, but it again, it's 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 that ignorance that's come with it. Um, because uh, you no one can really be an evil person. There's just something in them that they believe is the best thing for them. Um, so no, I I don't think I, I wouldn't blame the Galanthi for what's happened. I would definitely want it to still happen if there was an opportunity to help the human race. It's just unfortunate that people have become victims to it to to what's happening around with it yeah well thank you there's a few question I hope that answered it nicely for you so is there anything in particular that you've taken away from your time working on the nevers that you will take forward into your future jobs um oh that's a really good question um enjoy it really enjoy the job I think as well because uh, like I said before it's we I see it as a job I see you know all Everyone does, you know, ask any cast member and they'll, they'll say it's a job. But there's that, it's so easy to not enjoy what you're doing. And, um, you, know, with, you know, with acting roles, you go on to the next one, you go on to the next one, hopefully. <laughs> but you, uh, you just have to enjoy it more as well because it's, it's rare that we get the opportunity to call this our job, that we get to um, work with people um, who have become like family some you know in some cases and it's it's you know it's it's rare thing that you know we can say this is our job this is what we do and to love it so I, I think I'm definitely going to try and enjoy each job more you know just being I'm trying just being in the moment instead of like trying to think of what's happening more you know in the future this next question you've already said that you think that Beth and that a lot of people say that Beth has a great great power but um so we've been asking everyone this that we're interviewing um so what ability or power would you want if you were one of the touched 
Um, okay, and I won't, barring Beth's power. Um, and this can be anything off the top of your head. It doesn't have to be what one of the characters in the, pa- in the show in the has. Just any, you could have any power. Oh my goodness. That is, oh gosh. Um, you know what? I would love maybe to talk to animals. I'm such a huge animal lover. I really am. Oh, I'd you know, people, I feel like a lot of people would say, oh, to see the future, but I feel like that's a lot of responsibility. It really yes. is. Um, and I wouldn't want to read people's minds because you just never know. And I don't want that. You just, you wouldn't know. Um, yeah, I feel like I would love to talk to animals um, or be able to um, jump places, picture somewhere and be there. I would idea. love to do that. That would be, that'd be very cool. Maybe uh, somewhere hot would be great. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Just to be able to like maybe help me in my real life, just to be able to be places quicker. That would be great. Take out all that transportation time. Yes. so um talking of the future um where do you see yourself in the future and like for yourself and for your career obviously I mean I'd love to just keep on working in um working on stories that I really enjoy that people are enjoying um I want to be able to tell my own stories um and be able to show them to the world um I'm working with the BBC right now as a evening radio presenter so to be able to have all my uh bows on my uh, arrow I guess you could say all really come together and be able to yeah tell stories that I really believe in and talk more about things I'm passionate about really um but right now I'm definitely in a job that I love and I'm yeah so I'm very happy right now to keep keep being here. That's 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 good. Yeah. Keep forward on all your platforms, all of your <laughs> I, all the platforms. <laughs> don't don't settle for anything less. It's uh Yeah, I love that. Yeah, it's <laughs> true. It's definitely true. Keep doing what you're doing, man. It's good. Um <laughs> so uh what can our listeners see you in next? So um I think you'll be popping up in the TV series Universe of Gods. Yeah, yeah, that's still a uh, post-production and that's another like superhero, superpower esque, um, you know, esque world, you could say. Potentially got a few other things in the pipeline that I can't really speak about just yet. Maybe when we catch up again, I can talk about them more. But um, definitely uh, working behind the scenes um, on the short films right now. Um, so they'll be on Sky in a few months. Yeah, hopefully you'll, uh, you'll see me soon. Do you find it, obviously it's a big thing in the acting and the filmmaking world is secrecy. Mm-hmm. How do you find that with, you know, balancing your life and having these huge exciting moments that you yeah. then, you know, can't really disclose to anybody? And sometimes, yeah. like with The Nevers, it's been two years almost since the filming started on the, yeah. on, on the first episode. So it's been a long time from it, you know, you working on it to it coming out. How... I guess you, I don't know, you seem, like you said, very, very busy and you wish there was a hundred of you. So I'm sure the time just flies by, but how do you find find it? Yeah, I guess I guess keeping busy helps for, for sure. Um, but I, I get really keen to watch um, like the other scenes. Like I, I love, I've loved watching The Nevers, uh, you know, when it's not my scene, I'm like, oh God, hide. Um, whenever I pop up because I find it really odd to watch me so uh, that that in itself I've been like really excited for people to be like oh my god like the nether is coming out soon you're you're like this about it you're like this about it because it's got something for everyone but I I yeah I tend to like 
try not think about it I guess it's like when I come from an audition I just like try not to think about it like it's done um, and what will be will be so yeah I throw myself into other things really so uh thank you again for chatting with us today Dominique no, thank you for having me so where can people find you online sure um yeah so you can find me on uh Twitter which is Dominique X yeah there was I couldn't just have Dominique so I had to add the X um or you can find me on Instagram Dominique Fregali everyone always struggles to spell my name it's the uh it's actually the male French version but I'm not a boy my parents just decided to give me that unusual way of doing it um so it's D-O-M-E-N-I-Q-U-E and then Fregali yeah and of course in the Nevers you can just see me as Beth Cassini running around touching things Thank you again and thank you for our listeners for tuning in. This has been the Nevers Podcast. This episode of the Nevers Podcast was written, researched, produced, and edited by Matthew at Culture Inject Studios. The intro and outro music was produced by Gilirme Morais. We are more than just a podcast. We're a fan community. You can keep up to date on the Nevers and chat with other fans by visiting hbothenevers.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Just search HBO The Nevers, all one word, and click that follow button. The Nevers Podcast is not endorsed by Mutant Enemy, Warner Media Entertainment, or any of its subsidiaries, including Home Box Office, HBO, and is intended for entertainment and educational purposes only. The Nevers and all names, pictures, and audio clips are registered trademarks and or copyrights of their respective copyright holders. 